0: You're listening to Straight from the Heart, the Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Philadelphia. Our teacher here on Straight from the Heart is Senior Pastor Joe Foch. We're currently in the New Testament going verse by verse through the book of Mark. On today's broadcast, we'll continue our study beginning in chapter 8. Before we finish, I'll give you some additional information so you can contact us with any questions or comments. But first open your Bible to Mark chapter eight and let's join Pastor Joe as he continues.
1: Chapter eight uh, begins with the feeding of the 4,000, differs from the feeding of the 5,000. It takes place over in the area of Decapolis, a Gentile territory, 4,000 there are fed plus women and children. Maybe the first time these Gentiles have seen someone, Jesus looks to heaven and blesses the food saying grace. Some wonderful things certainly there, it tells us at the end that they gather up seven baskets. You remember when he fed the Jewish crowds on the way to Passover, he fed the 5,000 plus women and children. At the end of the day, he gathered up 12 baskets, one for each of the disciples. And they were the small Jewish baskets that, that an individual might carry. Each of them had their own portion. At the end of this day, he gathers up, they gather up seven. They're really hampers, they're large baskets. It's the basket that Paul was let down over the wall in, in Damascus. They gather up seven of those, which of course is a beautiful picture of the the gospel one day going to the Gentiles. Seven being a number of completeness. Paul wrote to seven churches: the church at Rome, the church at Corinth, the church at Galatia, the church at Ephesus, the church at Philippi, at Colossia, and Thessalonica. There are seven epistles to seven churches in the New Testament. There are seven churches in the Book of Revelation. Here in Gentile territory, they gather up seven large baskets of that which remains, and of course it would become a beautiful picture of the work that the Lord would do. It says straightway in verse 10 of chapter 8, that he entered into a ship with his disciples and came into the parts of Dalmanutha, somewhere over near Magdala, back in Jewish territory. And the Pharisees, they're waiting for him. They came forth and began to question with him, seeking of him a sign from heaven, tempting him. Interesting, he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, why doth this generation seek after a sign? Verily I say unto you, there shall no sign be given to this generation. And he left them, that's an interesting word, it means to abandon. He left them behind, these Jewish religious leaders, entered into the ship and again departed to the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread. Neither had they any in the ship with them except one loaf. Now Jesus charged them saying, take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Now they, I love these guys because these guys are the foundation of the, laid the foundation of the church. They start to reason among themselves Saying, he's telling us this because we forgot to bring bread. Beware of the leaven. This is a a, a coded message. We we forgot to bring bread, so he's giving us a hard time. When Jesus knew it, he said unto them. Now, Jesus fires off nine questions at them. We're going to read through them. You know, these guys are the apostles. These guys, this is towards the end of his earthly ministry. He's hoping that they're grasping some things by now. He's fed 5,000 men plus women and children. He's fed 4,000 men plus women and children. And now these guys are afraid because they forgot bread. And Jesus is trying to warn them about the doctrine, Matthew chapter 11 gives us the same scene, I'm I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 16, where Jesus said, you know, the Pharisees there come and ask him for a sign, he says, you know, you say red sky in morning, sailor take warning, red sky at night, sailor's delight. you can discern the signs of the weather of the sky, but you can't discern the signs of the times. You hypocrites, no sign will be given to you but the sign of the prophet Jonah, which is death, burial, and resurrection. That's the only sign that would be given to that generation. And it says there the same scene evolves, but then (laughs) Jesus explained to them, and then they understood. He wasn't talking about the leaven of bread. He was talking about the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees. The light went on. Well, here's the beginning of it. Jesus is in the boat. He warns them about this teaching of the Pharisees, and here it says of Herod, and uh, they start to brainstorm and say, oh, this is a a coded message. We forgot to bring bread and he's given it to us. Jesus goes, aye, aye, aye. And he he fires off nine questions. Here they are. Why reason ye that you have bought no bread? Question number one. Perceive ye not yet neither understand? Second question mark. Have you uh, your heart yet hardened? Three. Having eyes, see ye not? Four, having ears, hear ye not? Five, do you not remember? Six, when I broke the five loaves among the 5,000, how many basketfuls of fragments did you take up? They said 12, they remember because they each got one. Seven. Uh, And when the seven among the 4,000, how many basketfuls took you up? And they said seven, that's the eighth question. And then he said, and this gives us the indication, he continued to say to them, how is it that you do not understand? Nine questions. And then this interesting scene, only in Mark. He cometh to Bethsaida. They bring him a blind man, and besought him to touch him he took the blind man by the hand, led him out of the town, and when he had spit on his eyes, now I would like to get rid of that, but I can't. Uh, You know, look, if you feel God's given you a healing ministry, don't spit on someone's eyes unless you know God is talking to you. If you, you know, you, you study through church history a little. You know, Smith Wigglesworth, who had an interesting ministry, He, would, people would come for, for healing, for prayer. He would take their glasses and crush them on the floor and then pray for their eyes to be healed and their eyes would be healed. They would come up in, in, in with crutches and he would break their crutches and pray for them and, and they would be healed. Well, that was his ministry. The problem is people tried to imitate that, and you'd come for prayer they'd break your glasses and then your friends would have to lead you out of the service afterwards oh that's true you need to know God's telling you to spit in somebody's eyes but well, that's the point before you do that but Jesus led him out of the town when he had spit on his eyes he put his hands on him and he asked him if he saw anything and he looked up and he said yeah I see men as trees walking in other words I, I can see the, the the perpendicular the the vertical form and the only but but it's blurry the only way I can tell the difference between a man and a tree is I know trees don't walk now so I'm assuming that the people the ones that are moving are men not tree trunks. After that he put his hands again upon his eyes and he made him look up and he was restored so he wasn't wasn't congenital blindness he had become blind that's what he knew he knew what trees were he knew what men were. Now he's restored, and he saw every man clearly, and he sent him away to his house, saying, Notice, neither go into the town, nor tell it to anyone in the town. This interesting picture of this man being healed, and I think it's relative to our whole scene here in some ways. Helen Keller was once asked, of course, you all know who Helen Keller is have probably seen her story on the television in the movie or read the book. She was once asked if she felt that blindness was the greatest single handicap someone could face. And she said, no, I think the greatest single handicap someone can face is sight without vision. In other words, the ability to have sight and not perceive, not understand what's happening around them. This is an interesting picture because Jesus is dealing with those who have sight but not vision and then brings us to this blind man. This is a distinct scene in certain ways. When you study through the Gospels, he never heals two blind men the same way, ever. So you couldn't come to Jesus and say, do the spit thing, do the spit and mud thing. You know, each one he does differently. And we appreciate that about him so that, that we can't categorize him and put him into our files. And how wonderfully that he works individually but there is no other place where he asks a blind man a question while he's healing so that kind of sets this apart there's no other place where we see a gradual healing taking place and there's no other place where he touches someone three times in regards to a gradual healing we see instantaneous healing with his touch so there's some things that set this seen apart and make it very interesting. It tells us, first of all, that he went to Bethsaida, and the people came, and I'm assuming that they're friends with this guy, and they bring this guy to Jesus. And they say, touch him and heal him. Well, the first touch is this. It says that Jesus takes the man by the hand. That's the first touch. He took this man by the hand, and he led him out of the town, it tells us. Interesting. The man couldn't take Jesus' hand, he was blind. But the Lord initiates, the Lord takes his hand. And it's interesting, having no sight, no doubt the man is very perceptive in regards to the tone of someone's voice, and particularly in regards to someone's touch. Someone that is blind is very sensitive to touch. And whatever happened, we're sure that Jesus said something to him. He just didn't grab him and try to drag him out of town. He, he had to say to him, come with me or, or let me lead you in this direction. This blind man hearing the tone of the voice of Christ and sensing his touch as Jesus took hold of his hand, whatever his perception of that situation was, this man was willing to be led. It says that. Then Jesus led him. This man went. He went second touch is interesting the second touch it says jesus spit that's i would say that's an interesting touch if i was blind and i knew that's what it would take i'd say fire away lord i want my sight more than i want dryness and then jesus touched him and jesus said unto him with the second touch do you see anything now, Jesus is not asking the man because he doesn't know. Jesus isn't wondering, gee, I hope this spit thing still works. Is it, is it working for you? <laughs> he asked the man so that the man will take note of the fact that he's in the process of being healed. He asked the question for the man's sake. Do you see anything? And the guy said, yeah, you know what? Yes and no. I see men as trees walking i, I see form I, I see shadows of things i see more than i saw before i don't see clearly yet but yes i'm yes and no and that was the disciples do you have eyes but you don't see you have and and i love two words in these nine questions verse 17 jesus said why reason ye and that you have no bread, perceive ye not, I love this word, yet. He's the God that calls things that are not as though they were because he sees the end from the beginning. He knows that they will see. He knows what's gonna take place. He says, perceive ye not yet, neither understand. Oh, he knows that they will perceive and understand one day. Have ye your heart yet hardened? That's a great word of consolation. The Old Testament ends that way. Before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes, I'll send Elijah before your face and I'll turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Lest. It's a word of grace. Here it's yet. Yet. Perceive ye yet. Not yet, nor understand. Is your heart yet hardened? But you saw me feed the 5,000. You saw me feed the 4,000. Was there leftovers? Do I have any problem feeding multitudes? You're my disciples. I'm going to let you starve. They're going to say we found 12 guys, fishermen, starved to death, floating in a boat on the Sea of Galilee. Jesus said, do you think that's what's going to happen? This is not about bread. And then it says, then they perceived, oh, the doctrine of the Pharisees and Herod. That's what you're warning us about. The leaven. You see, the leaven of the Pharisees, of course, being ritualism. Setting up a religious system that begins to put people back under the law again. Jesus doesn't warn about Phariseeism. They were smart enough not to get involved in that. He warns about the leaven. The seed of it. The beginning of it. The thing that permeates and makes it grow. And he warns about the leaven of Herod or the Sadducees. That's worldliness. He warns about legalism and worldliness. What he warns about is backsliding and frontsliding. Backsliding is worldliness. Frontsliding is Phariseeism. If Satan can't get us to backslide, if we can't, you know, people as Christians start to make little compromises. Oh, we're Christians. We don't let huge sins in. We let the seeds of those huge sins in. We let the little parts of the in. we let one drink in or one pornographic vision in or one increment of the big sin in and we don't have to worry about it. we would never do the big thing but we justify somehow and we let the leaven begin we let the little thing there that's what Jesus is warning about because it's the little thing that grows that permeates and he says it permeates the whole lump and when we have someone in church saying, I don't know how this happened, I don't know how... Well, we do know how it happened. It happened by increments. It happened a micrometer at a time. And we grieve the Spirit. We become desensitized until it takes us down. Well, if Satan can't get us the backslide, then he loves to get us the front slide. We become... So self-righteous, so religious, we start condemning others. We set up all these little rules and regulations. Start putting spiritual stars on our refrigerator. You know, I got eight this week, but I, you know, I'm going to get nine next week. And you know, just and we set up all these do's and don'ts. Start to recreate the law until we fall flat on our face and we can't live by our own standards. And we turn around and we look and think, man, I've judged people. I've been miserable. I can't live to my own standards. Oh God, it's your grace. I've forgotten. I need to get back to the cross satan would love to get us out in a place where he can condemn us because it drives us away from the lord and jesus is warning them about the beginnings of that the leaven of it do you see yes and no yes and no the third touch verse 25 it says he put his hands again upon his eyes, and how I need the Lord to do that. I'm glad he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Put his hands again upon his eyes, Lord. He made him to look up, how I need Jesus to do that, to make me to look up. He was restored and saw every man clearly that's interesting saw is a different word now it's not just looking at it's looking in now he looked in it's it's an interesting it's a play on words with different prefixes added through the story it says now he looked in and saw every man clearly is afar shining he saw even at great distance he saw with a crystalline coating clear, shining, perfect, better than 2020. Saw every man clearly. And I think that's what the Lord wants to do with us. So he wants us to see the Pharisees clearly, the Herodians clearly, Bethsaida, clearly the world, flesh and the devil clearly. Wants us to see what's around us with sight and with vision, not just with physical eyes, Paul says this in Ephesians, wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all of the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints Paul is writing to this Ephesian church which is a wonderful church which is at this time a fairly mature church and he's saying to them you know and when I hear of your faith I cease not to pray asking God that he might give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him the eyes of your understanding being open that you might understand what are the riches of his calling and and of his inheritance in the saints you know the unthinkable thing that God God looks down at you and and God has an inheritance in the saints that you might understand what are the riches not of your inheritance of his inheritance in the saints that God looks down on us with love with longing that he can't wait to gather us to himself that God looks at the church the bride of Christ and he sees it spotless without blemish a great inheritance for himself Wow, our eyes are being opened and we would never have dreamed that we'd have seen these things even when we were saved We grow in grace we grow in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and how as we go on things become More clear to us and we see every man clearly every man loved of God Every man that's saved blood-bought With an value from the heart of God an inheritance to him every unsaved man, someone that God would take by the hand and speak to and lead out of Bethsaida and heal. You know, it's interesting because it says that this man, Jesus forced him to look up and then he saw all things clearly. What that tells us is, of course, is the first thing that he saw Jesus touched him and said, look up. When his vision cleared, the first man he saw clearly was the man Jesus Christ. Imagine that, the first thing you see when your sight returns. You know, you got some as trees walking, everything's blurry, cloudy, and all of a sudden, you know, it's like someone on the TV, they, you know, they mess with the focus and psh, the picture clears, and right in front of you is the face of Christ. Do you think Jesus was smiling? That he was imagine that being the first thing that you see the face that went with the touch the face that went with the voice what will it be for us when we see the face that went with the voice that spoke to our hearts the face that went with the word that he gave to us the face that went with his touch you know for this this guy you know in one sense it's a blessing unimaginable in the other sense this guy's ruined he's waited all this time to see And then finally, when he gets his vision, the best thing he's ever going to see is the first thing he sees. And everything after that is a bummer. I mean, just imagine this guy's family or his mom or his kids or his wife saying to him, Honey, look at the flowers. Aren't they beautiful? It's wonderful to see the colors again. Yeah. (laughs) Look at Mount Hermon, honey, the snow on top. Look how beautiful. Isn't that cool? Yeah. What is wrong with you? You were blind. You're walking around. Oh, I I can't tell you, I can't tell you what it was, that first instant, the face that I saw, the look in his eyes, the visage that went with the voice and with the touch. The flowers are nice, honey, the mountains are beautiful, but nothing else rings my bell, you know? Since I've seen that face and heard that voice, That's when we have everything else in perspective, isn't it? When we see him, when we see Jesus clearly. I want to encourage you. God gives this to us because he cares. He, He is the great physician. He lays these challenges in front of us because he cares when we're getting infected with ritualism he cares when we're getting infected with worldliness he, he he puts things in front of us and he says yet yet I know you don't see yet but what do you see do you see anything yes and no Lord I, I see some things touch me again Lord put your hands on me again clear my vision give me focus how willing He's due to that when we don't understand always oh, mad at us we don't have any bread we're worried the gas bills nobody has to say no 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 i've taken care of everything i'm going to take care of that what's wrong with you you have eyes you don't see you have ears you don't hear do you have sight without vision what do you see oh lord i, I see forms outlines i see shadows of things to come i want to see more clearly I wanna see my wife and my husband the way you see them, Lord. See all men. I see my children through your eyes, Lord. See the people that I work with, the people that I need to forgive, I wanna see them through your eyes, Lord. The people that are around me that are lost, Lord, I need you to give me vision that's better than 2020. I think he'll do that for us. Lord, let me see the, the leaven that I've allowed in my life. Let me be aware and keen enough to perceive infection in that sense, Lord. I think he'll do that for us.
0: That concludes our teaching time here on Straight from the Heart. If you enjoyed today's message from Mark chapter 8 and would like to hear it again in its entirety, You can listen to it on our website for free at www.ccphilly.org. Just go to our homepage and click on Listen to Current Messages, then select Straight from the Heart and click on the study with today's date. You can also listen to today's teaching from Mark chapter 8 or any other message from Genesis to Revelation by downloading our free app on your tablet or mobile device. Just go to your app store and search for Calvary Chapel Philadelphia, or go to our website and click the link for the mobile app. In addition to our app, you can also study the Bible with Pastor Joe by subscribing to our Straight From The Heart radio podcast available on Apple, Google, and Spotify. For more information on this broadcast or Calvary Chapel Philadelphia, don't forget to visit our website at ccphilly.org Thanks for listening and remember to join us next time as we continue with more great Bible teaching that comes straight from the heart.